I'm watching this movie, right, Chad? And like, I'm like, shit, this is what salespeople need. They don't need Salesforce. They need Scarlett Johansson. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about how salespeople should optimize their use of technology to drive their sales rather than rely on it to solve all of their problems. It's a delicate balance. Many people want to believe that technology can provide a silver bullet. But AI and machine learning can actually help optimize the balance and make sure that you're doing more of being you than relying on those tools. To help us tackle the topic, we have with us Adam Honig, founder and CEO of Spiro Technologies, CRM company focused on breathing new life into sales technology to help salespeople reach new heights. Um, Adam's worked in the tech industry for over 25 years, building companies that deliver enterprise software and solutions, as well as developing award-winning teams across the globe. Together with Spiro's founding partners, Adam has developed tech solutions for over 300 salespeople in the past 10 years. Adam, thank you for taking time and welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, Chad. Great, great to talk with you. I'd love to talk about silver bullets, you know, because that expression is like, is, is it from the Lone Ranger? Is that what, uh, where the silver bullet comes you know, from? I'm I trying always, to think back. I always thought it's either the Lone Ranger or where something about werewolves. I, maybe it depends. Yeah. If you grew maybe up with, it's werewolves. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe it's Lone Ranger fighting werewolves. <laughs> uh, you know, that would be awesome. Um, so before we jump in, we like to ask you some random question to break the ice. And I noticed in your bio, you've lived basically all over the globe. So really just curious to understand where was your favorite place to start a company? Wow. Um, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, living in Boston and, uh, you know, my, my current company is headquartered here in Boston. I, I love Boston. I grew up outside of New York and Boston is just a, it's got all of everything you'd want you could do in New York, but it's a lot more manageable. So it's, it's a great place for business. <laughs> I do want to say though, that, uh, I also love India and I'm going, I just turned 50. I'm doing like a 50th birthday kind of trip with my brother to a bunch of different spots in India. And my last company, we had a, an office, uh, just outside of Mumbai. And, you know, it's a crazy place, India. It's it's probably like the Lone Ranger in the Wild West. It's just like, it's so bizarre. It's awesome. We, we built this office there. And of course, the internet, you know, ended like 10 feet from the office, you know, and we had to like go pay some people to get the internet all the way through, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's a total pain, but it's a fabulous place if, if you can deal with it. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk about uh, AI and machine learning. So when you apply it to sales tech, first off, when you say AI and machine learning, a lot of people are still scratching their heads, although they have enough access to Google, they think they know what all of that stuff means. Uh, those of us in the tech space, it's it's there's a wide range of understanding of these terms, depending on who you're talking to. And then you apply it to sales, which is an often misunderstood uh, discipline to begin with. And it gets a little more compu- uh, confusing. So help, I'm hoping you can help us understand those three concepts in conjunction and, and help the audience make some sense of it all. Yeah. So, I mean, AI, machine learning, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's all just <laughs> a bunch of words, right? I mean, basically, you know, for me, the idea is, you know, if there's more data than you can yourself look at and make sense out of, you need some help. And if we can use some software that'll look at the data and analyze it for patterns and come up with its own conclusions out of them, that's kind of the cool thing. 
And, you know, like for me, uh, I've been in sales, you know, pretty much I started my career in sales. I ran sales for publicly traded software company. I know a lot about sales and, you know, the great salespeople are typically not like analysts. I mean, some are, but most are not. <laughs> if you, I went on LinkedIn and I like said, okay, I want to see every salesperson in, in the United States for advertising purposes and show me the number that are math majors. And the percent of math majors who are salespeople was like 0.01. I, I literally know one math major who is a salesperson. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you've got all this data and you've got, you know, like all this, this stuff to look at and analyze, you know, who, you know, that's like a job for a computer, right? And that's what the AI does. It, machine learning is all about looking at big sets of data, understanding, you know, the, the outcomes from the, that data and being able to make a recommendation or draw a conclusion about it. So and it, it covers the gamut from everything like when uh, when there's a piece of software that suggests a phrase like LinkedIn, they'll say, looks good, you know, in response to an <laughs> in-message or some shit like that. Right. And uh, it's all the way. So what, what's happened in that particular case is like there's like millions and millions and millions of people have responded to similar, you know, schlocky in-messages that they got. And that's kind of what the common refrain was. So it kind of serves up, boop. There's the answer to it. It might be right. It might be wrong. You can do whatever. So that's, in a nutshell, that's machine learning. And and in a sense, there's no limit on it. You know, like you can uh, you can have all your LinkedIn data, and you could have some machine learning looking at all everybody's updates and stuff like that. You could have it look at everybody's email and draw some conclusion. You can combine the two together, and you know, because computers are very good at you know kind of scaling. You know, that, you know, when you have uh, sales teams, like a large sales team and all kinds of interactions and all kinds of data, you know, the more of that that you're looking at, it doesn't make it harder for the computer to recognize the patterns. It actually makes it easier as opposed to, you know, a room full of analysts who it actually makes it harder. Right. So that's that's kind of in a, in a nutshell. And I'm not a very technical guy, but that's that's sort of, the <laughs> you know, the, the way to think about this. I well, think. most salespeople, I mean. But, you know, let's talk about being an analyst. Most aren't necessarily overly technical either. So I think right. there's a great, great definition. So, all right. So we've got these three concepts. So where did the spark come from, the passion to apply AI and machine learning to sales technology? Well, you know, it, it's a funny story because I uh, this, this is my third company. My, my last company, uh, I built one of the largest Salesforce implementation partners worldwide. We had thousands of clients, hundreds of thousands of, you know, implementations, just all kinds of craziness going on. And uh, I sold that company in 2012. And because it had been a while, I decided to go to the movies, right? This is not something you do when you're in the startup <laughs> world, in case anybody wants to know. It's like, oh, the movie's out. Oh, yeah, I got to work. Sorry, it's Saturday. Yeah, whatever. So I went to go see this movie called Her. I don't know if you seen yes, that movie. Yes, I have. I have. It's a great movie. So, so the basic setup is Joaquin Phoenix downloads like a new app on his phone and it's played by the voice of Scarlett Johansson. She is not in the movie in her corporeal sense. She's just her voice, right? right? But that's enough that he falls in love with her. And she gives him, she analyzes his email and his phone calls and recommends, you know, what gift he should give his mom. And it's, it's like a love story. It gets kind of weird, whatever. But <laughs> my, I'm watching this movie, right, Chad? And like, I'm like, shit, this is what salespeople need. They don't need Salesforce. They need Scarlett Johansson telling them what to do all day. <laughs> like, my God, I know what I'm going to do next. I know my, I, I got out of the movie and I called up my, my CTO, Andy, who I've worked on and off with for the past 15 years. And I'm like, we're going to build Scarlett Johansson for salespeople. And Andy was like, 
what? You know, <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? I'm like, oh, we got to have lunch. I got to tell you this thing. So like the whole idea is like, like why is all of this sales technology so ass backwards, right? Like, like you got to log into a CRM. You got to log into Salesforce. You got to type some data. You got to look up a contact. You got to set your own reminders. You got to do all this work. You know, maybe maybe your manager gets a better view on what you're doing. Maybe the reminder pops up at the right time from when you set it, and, and that kind of helps a little bit. But why why can't it be the other way, right? Why can't the software know everything that's going on, updates itself, and when it thinks the right moment for you to call is, it goes, boop, Chad, call Scarlett Johansson. Now, I just need to comment about Scarlett Johansson for a second because she was having a baby when we did the when we started the company. She was not available, so she's not involved in Spiro right now. We were happy to call the whole company Scarlett, but her people just they it wasn't. A they good said time, no. So. As soon as that name's taken, they totally ghosted me. Actually, is what happened. I called them like a hundred times, and they were just like they wouldn't even give me the courtesy. Wow. You know, I did go see her movie. I just want to say I want to put it out there. I did. I've seen every one of your movies, so. I don't know. So, so the whole idea of AI is not really, it's not like I'm like, oh, the Pythagorean algorithm or well, I don't know, I'm just making that up. But, you know, like it's not like a, a data, you know, science kind of driven passion for me. For me, it's all about what can we do, you know, in sales to get the sales team to do better. You know, and it's like, wow, I think the AI is, uh, you know, advanced to the point where it can really do this stuff. And five years ago, you, you couldn't do that, you know, and so that's why it's so exciting to be doing it now. It is a very cool concept, without a doubt, and it is definitely an attention grabber. So, okay, so you have lunch uh, with CTO, and all of a sudden now we've got Spiro. How's it been going? How has the journey been to get the product, to get the the not Scarlett Johansson, but close to Scarlett Johansson, into the hands of salespeople? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it was, it's been really, really interesting. So, so because we had come from the Salesforce ecosystem, as they call it, Andy and I, our first idea was like, okay, well, why don't we build Scarlett Johansson on Salesforce? You know, so it like sucks in all your Salesforce data. It looks at all that stuff and, you know, advises you who to call and, and stuff like that. And we, we made a free product to do that. We had about 15,000 people using it with Salesforce. And uh, what we discovered, which was totally mind blowing for me, was that for the 15,000 people who are using it with Salesforce, there was another 70,000 people who were trying to use it without Salesforce. And it didn't work at all, right? I mean, they could download it and nothing, right? And we were like, who are these people who don't have Salesforce? And so we started to do some investigation. And it turns out that Salesforce only has like a 19% market share. Who knew that? Not me. Right. Know, I'm not good at math. And so, um, so we surveyed these 70,000 people and we said, well, what CRM are you using? Like maybe we should build it for sugar or dynamics or or something like that. And the survey came back and it said, we're using Microsoft Excel. 50% of the respondents said we're using Microsoft Excel. And we were like, that makes no sense. I got to talk to these people. So I cold called a bunch of the people who were trying to do this. And I said, uh, you know, okay, Mr. Head of Sales for a Midwestern manufacturing company, you know, uh, it says here you guys are using Excel. They were like, yep, that's right. And uh, what, you've never used CRM? You know, and, and the refrain was, it was all the same. They basically said to me, have you ever seen CRM? Have you tried <laughs> to use Salesforce? And I'm like, no, I understand. It totally sucks. And then I'd say, well, you know, I've got this idea. Maybe there should be a CRM that nobody needs to use. It just does the shit for you. And they were like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Can you tell me more? And so so we spent about two years building the, the free Salesforce Scarlett Johansson thing. And then we kind of you know, did a little bit of a pivot, raised a bunch more money. And we said, okay, we're going to build... You know, we're, we're going to be crazy. We've decided we're going to build our own CRM. 
And we're going to put all the AI right in it from the get-go so that it does all these fabulous things that, that we want it to do. And we're going to own the data model. And it's going to be really optimized to, to helping salespeople instead of being a, you know, kind of a soul-crushing data entry system for a lot of them. <laughs> and, um, and so that's what we did. And it you know, took about uh, – so we've been doing this about four years. We've spent about $5 million on the product so far and no end in sight for any VCs who are looking for, you know, AI investments. And um, so we, we have got about 150 customers. A lot of our customer base is coming off of Microsoft Excel. It's like Bill Gates is my big competitor. I got a picture wow. of him in, in my office. I'm like, that guy, that's who I'm trying to replace. It's not Mark Benioff. It's Bill Gates. That's the guy. So, yeah, so it's been going It's been going really well. You know, once we've cracked the code on, you know, the, the idea of a – I don't know what to call it. We're working on a new name for, like, what, we're, what we want to be, but, like, a proactive CRM or something like that, a CRM you don't have to use, you know, something like that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not marketing guys here. We're sales guys. Right. Marketing yeah. People on. So help me understand. So give me kind of a use case. So give the audience a use case. So, you know, everybody who, if everybody's using Excel, which those numbers blow my mind, by the way, absolutely blow my mind. I mean, I've been in sales for a long time and that just, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around that, but let's say, okay. So, so, so one of our customers is a, is a company called uh, BGR Packaging. They're a okay. great company. They're in Ohio. They sell cardboard boxes. Now, I know that doesn't sound super sexy, but they sell like cereal boxes to Procter & Gamble and like the high end, you know, really great boxes and stuff like that. 50 sales guys running the whole shebang on Microsoft Excel. So, you know, there's, uh, and if you, if you go to LinkedIn, I love LinkedIn because you can, like, if you pretend to run an ad on LinkedIn, it'll give you all kinds of demographic data. I don't know if you've ever done that. Yep. Uh, just, just go into campaign builder and be like, Oh, I want to advertise to every salesperson in the United States. How many are there? And if you, if you do the math and you add up the number of users that could be using a CRM and you multiply it by like a hundred bucks a month or whatever, half of the market is not there. Gartner says the market's $32 billion today, but if you do that math, you know, it's like a $50 billion market. So I think there's a lot of like what I call CRM dark matter out there right. that these, these companies that just don't want it. So, so anyway, back to your question. That was a really long detour. Sorry. <laughs> so, so basically, so, so here's such a s silly example, but you're emailing, uh, you're cold emailing a prospect because you want to get in front of them and, and maybe there's a way you can help them. Great. Uh, well, Spiro sees that and it creates a contact record for that person. It creates a, a company record for that person. It goes out and finds their address. If they respond to you, of course, it automatically you know, makes note of that. It pulls their phone number out of their e uh, email signature. You know, If it's in there, if you're emailing other people at the same company or let's say they're in a calendar invite, it'll create that data for you as well. Let's say everything goes really well and um, you, know, you give them a proposal. Spiro sees that you sent them a proposal, so it changes the sales stage to proposed. I mean, for God's sakes, this is not like, you know, that part is not rocket science, but why don't other CRMs do that for you? I, I don't understand. So there's a lot of things like that just with an email. And then, you know, what we're working around right now, which is super cool and it's going to roll out early of 2019, is uh, we're, we're transcribing phone conversations. So Spiro comes with its own phone number and phone system for the sales team. And then when you make a call with Spiro, whether it's on the mobile app or on the desktop, you know, it's recording and transcribing the calls and, and not because, you know, you want to have a 5,000 word, you know, block of text in, in your CRM that says what actually happened, but because we want to know the key things that happened. Did the prospect say, call Chad? Did the prospect say, follow up with me next week? What was the sentiment of the call? And we're, we're pulling all of that information out of email today to be super smart. And we're going to do it on phone calls as well.
And so, so ultimately, the goal is that you, as a salesperson, you're going to be calling customers and prospects. You're going to be emailing them. Maybe you're going to be SMSing them. And Spiro is just going to be like helping manage and build your pipeline. And then, like I said before, based upon all this data, like I'm calling Chad, I'm calling you, you're ghosting me, you know, it's not working. <laughs> Spiro's going to uh, pop up an email template that I love, uh, which is the blank subject, and it's going to say, Chad, should I keep following up with you? That's the whole email, you know, because it knows, Spiro knows you're being ghosted. So right. it says, let's just get this guy to respond, whatever. So I don't know, that's that's sort of a, a use case. And then, you know, for sales leadership, you know, the, the goal for sales leadership should be for them to to really help the team. And so since we're collecting all of this data about what the interactions are and how they're going and which deals are good and which deals are not good, uh, Spiro has this thing in it that we call a one-on-one builder. You know, a lot of one-on-ones, you show up, you meet with your sales manager, and you just talk about whatever crap comes to everybody's mind, right? <laughs> Tell them stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I want to talk about the Staples deal. Oh, we talk about that deal every week, whatever. And um, and But what happens is Spiro uses the data to say, listen, the top five deals you should really be talking about are these, because these are the ones that need your help based upon they're stalled or, you know, they're ready for close or, or kind of whatever the data is suggesting. And so it, it's a combination of getting out of the way for the salespeople and providing richer data for leadership. And so it gives us the opportunity to more clearly perhaps um, manage and evolve our behaviors as sales reps instead of focusing on the, the admin stuff. But it basically... Yeah, I mean, hey, how's that? I mean, when I was a VP of sales for a publicly traded software company, like every day was, hey, how's the Staples deal? Hey, how's the Forrester deal? Hey, how's the, like every day you're just doing that because you need to know what's going on. So we actually built something into Spiro, which I'm also super excited about, where you can literally email Spiro and you can say, hey, what's going on with the Staples deal? And it'll give you the answer back right in the email. You never need to go in and, and look at it. And we're going to have Siri integration for that uh, probably also early next year, 2019, so that you can say, hey, Siri, what's going on with Staples? And it'll boop, give you the last activity, the sentiment of what it uh, feels like is going on with the deal and you know anything else that, that you want to know. And so there's, I'm, I'm assuming there's a user interface and a portal. If I wanted to go into Spiro, I could. But yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're taking all the things that we normally use, text, phone, email, um, you know, and not only collecting the information, which is, you know, what mo- most sales reps don't want to do is go in and do those updates in, in the CRM. But in addition to that, you're actually pulling out insights that are going to help the sales organization, help the individual or, or help the manager be a better coach and provide them with more information and insight into those, you know, top five, top 10 deals. So it's, it's, it's a serious level of automation above what we have today. Right, right. I mean, it's just, but, you know, for me, it's just sort of real common sense kind of stuff. You know what I mean? There's nothing like super, I mean, yeah, we're using like, so we use this uh, bit of machine learning called natural language processing, which basically there's a, yeah, NLP. So it basically looks at all the text of the emails and if it thinks you're having a sales conversation, that's one that it pays attention to, you know? So it's, you know, it's just like at that level of smart, like there's all kinds of great things we want to do in the future, but you know, it's, it's definitely, we want to get out of the way. So salespeople, can just be selling, you know, and then help the managers be more effective working with them. Have you, have you seen with any of your customers, have you seen stats on increased, you know, what percentage of time? Cause a lot of sales execs complain that their, their people are spending too much time not selling this, right. I would think would get rid of all of that. Any idea what kind of level of magnitude uh, focused on, you know, actual selling behaviors versus admin behaviors you're seeing as a result of using the platform? Uh- 
Yeah, yeah. So it's super interesting. So I always, uh, when I talk about sales productivity, I always am cautioning people that sales uh, time is is not elastic in the way that like classical economics mean. Like if if a salesperson is going to be working eight hours, are they going to be more productive or less productive than ten hours? Uh, I don't know. But what I can tell you is that the the main objective that we have with Spiro from a salesperson perspective is we want to get more connections, right? We 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 believe very firmly that if you're able to engage more with prospects and customers, that sales should go up. I mean, there isn't like a linear connection, you sure. know? but if you're, if you're not talking to prospects, you're definitely not going to close. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, right. it's, it's converse. It's a weird kind of converse relationship. And so, um, what we've seen is that, you know, customers who are using Spiro are reporting that they're able to have 30% more conversations uh, on a weekly basis. Wow. And that is some result of lack of admin crap that they don't need to do. Plus the fact that Spiro's, you know, pretty smart at pushing people to call at the right time. You know, so that's, uh, that's the thing that we're really focused on when we, when we onboard a new customer and we set up sort of a success dashboard for them, that's, that's the metric that we're looking for. And is, are there, so do we have to, like, if, if I'm a sales exec and I've got, you know, let's say I've got your typical account execs and I've also got SDRs or BDRs that are doing outbound prospecting, is it a different Spiro implementation? No, 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 it's it's all it's all one product, and you know the 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 life of a, a BDR and SDR is is a little bit different than a, a field salesperson, right? And so you know they would probably be a little bit more in the user interface of Spiro. So in Spiro, you can set up a call list as well, you know, and it'll kind of run you through you know everybody that you need to be calling. The what we call the the assistant will still be recommending outreaches to people that it thinks you should be doing, but you can explicitly say, hey, I want to call every box manufacturer in Ohio or whatever the criteria is. And then it'll provide, you know, the, the call tools for, for the BDR to be doing that. So we, we have a, we have a very nice UI, you know, there's definitely, you know, always going to be use cases to do that. You know, you, it, I think it's going to be a while before you can say, Hey, Spiro target all the con, you know, contacts who live in this town. You're like, that's a complicated problem, right? Whereas you could just go into the UI and do it. Sure. So for inside sales teams, but it's all one platform. It's really, uh, it's not a, it's not a um, uh, you know an add-on to anybody else's CRM. It's a full CRM package you know that does email campaigns, calling campaigns, you know all the reporting you want, like everything that you'd want from a regular CRM, except less. <laughs> so I'm sort of a light beer fan from back in the day. So I love that, you know, all the beer you ever wanted and less. Right. Slogan. So, so some of our younger colleagues not really familiar with that uh, <laughs> campaign, but you know, I really like it. So. No, it's, I, it's a great campaign. It's a, and it's a great point because we see technology get in the way so many times. You know, I can't tell you how many number of clients where they're like, Oh, well it's, it's in the CRM. Yeah. But okay. You put a reminder in, you, you saw the reminder, the reminder came up and then something else got your attention and you forgot about it or you didn't mine your own information. So you're missing out on all of these insights, yet there's still this false belief that the technology, whether it be a CRM or anything that you add to Salesforce, you know, gong.io on the back end or the cadence managers on the front, whatever it may be, there's this false belief that this is somehow creating a safety net when it what I have a tendency to see is it's more of a, of a quicksand. It's more of a quicksand pit. You put all this stuff in thinking that you have, you know, enablement, but you really don't. It really just becomes an admin headache. So if Spiro can take all of that and capture the insights and turn those around and feed them back in a timely manner, that's a pretty powerful solution. 
Right. Exactly. Now, now, you can explicitly set reminders as well. You can literally email Spiro and say, hey, remind me to call Chad next week at 2 p.m. or whatever, and it'll, it'll remind you at that time. But, you know, I think the real power is in the gaps, you know? Sure. It's like you're working 30 deals, like for hopefully you're not going to forget one of them, but it happens all the time. You know, right. one of our first beta users, you know, we were installing Spiro on, on her phone and, you know, the very first thing it did is come, came up with a call list of people she should reach out to. And she was like, shit, this guy, I got to call him right now. And she like walked out of the training and called this guy that she had a fucking deal on the table and she couldn't remember to, you know, like, uh, call him back because he was not like her number one deal. Right. You know? So that's, uh, unfortunately, that's, that's a real world example, you know? Yeah, well, and it's, I mean, it's all too, it's all too real for far too many people. I mean, I, the client I was just at literally had their sales team telling me that they're handling, juggling somewhere between 40 and 50 active opportunities at different points in the pipeline at any given time. And I'm like, there's no way with all of the things that you're trying to remember or stages that they're at, or especially with committee based buying today, who all is involved. There's no way you're remembering all right. of that. It's just not going to happen. Right, right. And, you know, in a traditional CRM, you make a, a view and you look at all your contacts. And you're like, uh, which is the guy I need to call to now? And then you spend like 20 minutes getting ready to make your first call instead of just like, okay, let me just follow what Spiro was saying. And bang, 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 bang. I can call these people. So so what's the trend? So if I'm, uh, and I'm asking this kind of selfishly, but so say I'm using, I am using a different CRM, say HubSpot, or I am, you know, using that Salesforce in that 19%. What's the, what's the migration path? Is it, is it, tough to take the data and give it to Spiro and then, you know, like how long would it take for Spiro to index it all and go through it all and start to surface those insights? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the, one of the great things about Spiro is it's super easy. So I, I don't know if you remember, I, I mentioned before that, you know, myself and my co-founders all were coming from the Salesforce world. Yeah. We have a lot of experience in that world. So we were like, why don't we use the same data model? It's like so <laughs> straightforward, you know, like, okay, that sounds like a good plan. So we literally productized that whole process. Since I was at a logistics company this morning whose uh, Salesforce contract's expiring, and I think they're going to move on to Spiro. And we were like, yeah, I think that the, you know, we need to run the data export scripts and get all that set. And we'll get all the data in there, you know, probably within like a day. Oh, and by the way, Spiro does all of that for you. You know, we're, we're not, there's no external consultants. There's no additional fees. We just, you know, we, we just take it off the table, you know, because we're still a growth stage company. You know, we want to really bust out and be big. And so we actually have this thing that we call a, a Salesforce buyout program. So like, let's say you, you and I are talking and Chad, you're like, Hey, my, my Salesforce contract is up April one. And, uh, so why don't you call me back in like March? And I'm like, I got a better idea, Chad. How about I give you Spiro free between now and April one to get you on the platform? So you don't have to double pay during that time. Nice. So we just like basically buy people out of the crappy old CRM that they're using. But it's, it's super straightforward. Uh, we do all the work. You know, it's it's a great deal, and and somehow we're not. Uh, we probably should be raising the price, but we're still less expensive than Salesforce. Excellent, excellent. All right, so let's change the direction a little bit here. I ask all of our guests kind of two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply, as a CEO, that makes you a target or a prospect for sales professionals. And I'm always curious to understand, especially since you're in a growth stage company and you're doing a bunch of outreach as well. If somebody doesn't have a referral into you, they don't have a relationship with you, what in your opinion is the best way for someone to capture your attention and and find that 15 minutes on your calendar to have a conversation? What have you found to be the most effective? Well, you know, obviously being super specific is really helpful for me. 
I have uh, at this moment 9,591 unread emails in my inbox <laughs> because I only look at the like when it pops up on the iPhone and you see like the first 40 characters. Yeah. Like that's the only thing that I look at. If, if I don't know you or you're not a customer or whatever, then that's it. That's all you get, 40 characters. And so, you know, you don't have to say, hey, Adam, you know, I'd really love to talk with you. You know, we're doing this, th like whatever. Like I want to know, we use Trinet for our uh, payroll and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And so, like, we're going to – maybe we're going to one day switch off of Trinet. So it's like your email is like, uh, you, know, you know, Trinet renewal, you know, can we be in the mix, you know, when you're looking at new, you know, HR, IS renewals or whatever? Like something super specific okay. that I might be like, oh, okay, well, that, that kind of would make a little bit of sense. And I also, um, I don't know what you think about this, but for me at a startup, you know, cost is a very uh, important factor sure. for us. And so, you know, I just want to get the price out there right away. Like, like, I don't know, like, is your solution, you know, $5, $500, $5,000, $500,000. It doesn't have to be super specific, but it's like, if it's cheap, I mean, that happens to be my favorite color. So, you know, I'll <laughs> definitely be much more, you know, responsive to something that's inexpensive or free or like, I got these guys, I love sticker mule, do you know? Sticker yes, mule? I do. Yeah. I love sticker mule. So the CEO, I'm sure it was all automated. He emails me and he's like, Hey, I'm going to do a hundred stickers for free. Uh, just send me your logo. I'm like, okay, great. And now, you know, we've been ordering all kinds of crazy shit from <laughs> just because of that, you know? Right. So like that, that's the thing for me. All right. Perfect. And so last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell sales professionals out there, one piece of advice that if they listened, you believe would give them uh, the help they need to hit their targets or crush their targets, what would it be and why? Well, it's, it's two things that are super related. And I was just talking with one of our uh, BDRs about that this morning. And, um, you know, there's, there's so much clutter. There's so much noise out there that I feel like people have to be sort of a combination of unique and themselves. You know what I mean? So like, right. I'm really into humor. So if I'm going to do prospecting, I do prospecting all the time for candidates. Like I'm recruiting people all the time and I'm always like leading with a joke. I'm sending a gift. I'm like, cause I'm, that's what I'm all about. And, uh, this, this young BDR that I'm working with, he's, he's, uh, he's very into like motivational quotes and stuff like that. So I'm like, you gotta, you don't do what I'm doing. You know, you gotta do what's going to work for you, but be different, right. you know? And so that's that's the two things that I would try to do because there's like I mean shit we all get like thousands of calls and hundreds of emails <laughs> and like whatever so it's, if it's not like completely orthogonal to everything else it's not gonna it's not even gonna be remembered you know in a second kind of thing but it can't be it can't be like an inauthentic thing well that's I mean? just it that authenticity and uniqueness that's a unique balance and it's powerful today if people are comfortable enough with themselves to figure out how to implement that in a way that's not gonna well and sometimes it does piss people off but as long as they are themselves and they are authentic I, i'm 100 behind that i love it yep Have, has he been used just out of curiosity has he been using the motivational quotes and, and is he, he, gonna, did. he did he did so i said to uh, this gentleman's name is Walter with a v and i, I said to Walter. Walter, I said, uh, why don't you just like call up people and leave them a quote, say, Hey, Vince Lombardi said, blah. And I hope the end of the year is working really well for you. Walter from Spiro. Boom. No pitch, no, Hey, whatever. Just like, you know, the guy's not going to call you back. And he left, I think, uh, as of this morning, he had left like uh, 10 voicemails. He got a call back from a guy who was just like, Hey, uh, you know, we're nowhere near being interested in your solution, but I just want to say thank you. <laughs> and I was totally blown away by that. I'm like, shit, it actually, I'm giving some That's a 10%, 10, 10 voicemails. That's a, and one response, that's a 10% response rate. That is not bad when you have just. That's not, I'm sure he'll go like the rest of the year and have no more. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
<laughs> it's that false positive. But, right? but we were all fired up. High fives. You know, like we were super excited. So perfect. All right, Adam, if people want more information uh, on Spiro, I'm assuming the website's the best uh, place to, to start uh, for yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. So Spiro, Spiro, of course, is S-P-I-R-O. And we are at Spiro.ai because we're all, you know, AI. That's the thing. And yeah. we, we actually made a special landing page uh, for, for listeners of your podcast. So it's Spiro.ai slash B2B rev. Um, you don't have to capitalize or anything like that. It should all just kind of you know, work itself out in the internet, but, uh, so Spiro.ai slash B2B rev. And we've got, uh, we, we publish a lot of content. Um, you know, we, we've published about 700 blogs about sales since we started the business and we've compiled them into uh, something that I call the 44 best sales tips ever. And these are very, very tactical things that you can do when prospecting and working with customers to, to be more effective. And so that's a free download on that link. And you can find more about, uh, you know, the amazing product that we have or, you know, what have you right there. Excellent. Perfect. I will make sure we get that link in the show notes. And I would just want to say again, thank you for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure having the conversation. Yeah, no, it's great. Great talking with you. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody that does it for this episode, you know, the drill, check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, families, coworkers. If you like what you hear, write us a review on iTunes. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.